There are no secrets to success. It is a result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. That is a quote by Colin Powell. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 68. I just want to ask, have you got your copy of From a Mess to Amazing, Seven Steps to Create the Life You Deserve? If not, it is out everywhere books are sold. It is for the person who is feeling shame and living in their past mistakes and thinking that they can't overcome or that they have blown it for themselves. You haven't. That's why you need to pick up the book because it will inspire you to know that there is better coming for you in the future. The topic of this week's episode is good to great. My guest this week is Talia Toha. Talia is an advisor to the seven-figure multi-industry national brands and S&P companies. She hosts the Good Grow Great podcast where she shares powerful business lessons with entrepreneurs and new business owners. Hi, Talia. Welcome to Trina Talk. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Trina. Um, I'm glad to have you here. Now, we actually met at Podcast Movement this year, and we, we hit it off and decided that you would come on my podcast and you're um, developing yours, but you are a business strategist. Why don't you tell me what you do? But first, before you go into that, tell me how you came to be that and what, how was your journey and anything that you had to overcome to get to the point where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess if you want to go all the way back, and I'll try to be short about that, it's essentially... you know, I came from the construction industry, believe it or not, you know, being a small little Asian girl, that's a surprise to many. But I actually, from 10, 15 years ago, I've always been in the construction industry. And by construction, I mean, I was in the architecture world. That's what I studied in college. And then I moved into being, um, I work with multifamily developers in DC, and then just sort of organically moved through that industry. And now I'm actually a, an advisor to seven-figure multi-industry, national brands and S&P companies, retailers, restaurants, and such. And from that, actually, I start to meet all of these wonderful, amazing individuals who are wanting to start their business or have a side business or what have you. And they sort of come to me, actually, and ask me all these types of questions about business and entrepreneur, which really opened all 
doors, all sorts of doors to entrepreneurial journeys, right? Which then I start to work with them on, which is really interesting. So from there, actually, now I'm going to start, I'm going to, as you mentioned, I'm going to launch that podcast and start a site where I specifically focus on solopreneurs, new businesses, people who are just starting their businesses, and share with them some strategies that I've learned working with these national corporations, big, big companies, powerful brands, and and just implement it on an individual level and even on their small business level, which is great. I mean, some of these things are actually much easier to implement and um, surprisingly really, really you know, applicable even just as in in their personal development world, you know, something that you can even use as um, as you grow as a person who are running any business. So that's actually how I kind of came about to meet with you at Podcast Movement, which was so much fun. And, and yeah, so I'm here to kind of essentially share that story with you guys. That's great. Now, what made you, because you're dealing with, you know, multi- figure businesses, what made you decide that you want to deal with entrepreneurs? You know what? That's actually a really, really great question. Um, So, and I love this question because not a lot of people ask me this question. So the reason why I started to think about transitioning into teaching individuals and entrepreneurs is really because what I've observed um, is that there are a lot of skillful and talented individuals, women, men, you know, families, um, or even young, um, you know, young, younger entrepreneurs who are really, really passionate about, passionate about what they're doing and really want to create their own life a certain way, but are just lacking a couple of, you know, just little tweaks here and there, right? And uh, which is really interesting for me to watch. I mean, I had... Uh, this gentleman actually came to me and it was within this context of my advisory role where he came to me and said, Hey Talia, I really want to start this business. Uh, you know, what do you think? I mean, you've seen all these other businesses and I go, yeah, great. And I, I, we start to kind of, you know, spitball some ideas and just come up with ways to make him successful. But just along the way, over the course of weeks, months and year, you know, there are just a couple of cracks where he falls through because there, you know, again, it's just a couple of skills that are lacking that he's just not even aware of, you know? Um, and that's where I felt really, really not discouraged per se, but just really compelled to, you know, make those people who deserve a, a better life, a better business, a better career, um, a little bit more successful every step of the way. Um, you know, it's it's just, I just felt like it, you know, the, the corporations and the big companies, they all, you know, have what they deserve. But I felt like with the specific individuals, that's not, it's, it's so customized and so specific to each of their need um, that, you know, you can easily, you know, anybody who's, who's very, very skillful can suddenly just, you know, throw in the towel and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Even though actually they can, basically do just one or two things differently and they're off to the races. Hmm. That's very interesting. And I I commend you for that because me being an entrepreneur myself and building my business, there's always, you know, what you don't know and you don't know what you don't know. Right. So. Right. Yeah. You learn, you, you learned a hard way and not a lot of people are, like you said, resourceful or they do 
what they know for a while. And when it doesn't work, they throw in the towel. And you always hear some of the the big successful entrepreneurs saying that don't quit so soon to keep going and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, keep failing, keep making those mistakes. And pretty soon it's going to happen. So is that kind of like your, your mission? Is that what you want to help these entrepreneurs get to that point? Yeah, absolutely. And I think more specifically, I'd like to kind of, um, you know, help them in a way by sharing just even some really tactile and useful things that will make, you know, really just make or break certain steps that you're trying to you know, trying to cross during your entrepreneurial journey. So, and I mentioned to you uh, about this earlier, for instance, like if, you know, if you're going to an interview or say that you're reaching out to a business partner, right? And, you know, you're sitting down with them or you're having a webinar or Zoom webinar, whatever it is. And, and then they, you, you start the conversation and then they, let's just say that, for instance, they come across a specific topic or question or issue that they want your input on and you don't know how to answer that, right? And so how do you go about that? You know, just even some simple things like that where, okay, you have a decision at that intersection, whether you should go, you know, tell the truth and just say, I don't know, or you, what people do a lot is just you fake it, which is neither of those two is really a compelling way, a compelling thing to do when you're, you know, face to face with a potential business partner, collaborator, or even just your audience, right? So what I've discovered actually on, you know, in my journey with various different businesses and such, you know, I use what I call the strength to strength strategy. And I talk about this a lot, which is essentially a reframe strategy to not have to do, you don't have to fake it or you or feel like an imposter. You essentially tell the truth, but you frame your answer in such a way that it positions you still as somebody that they would love to work with. Okay. So let's just, for example, um, you know, they ask, well, I mean, you're pretty well-versed, Trina, but let's just say you're in front of somebody, right? And they say, hey, Trina, would love your, you know, expertise on, you know, something specific in IT that let's say you haven't touched in like 15, 20 years or maybe haven't followed up with or haven't really looked into. So then what do you do, right? Mm -hmm. So the way that I've seen that has been super duper, you know, successful is essentially to go something like this. You say, that's a great question. I've been so focused on improving the other successful project that I'm working on that I haven't had much of a chance to look into that particular issue, but I'd love to look into it some more. What about it do you find challenging? And that's it. Mm. And you stop right there. So essentially what you're doing is a three-part answer. The first part is you open with the first strength, which is your strength. So you do, you remind them of your positioning. You remind them that you are skillful and experienced in this particular subject matter. And then you follow with the truth. You essentially say, well, I don't have, I didn't have the time to work on it, didn't have the chance or what have you. And then you close the whole sentence essentially with another strength, which is your exhibition of the fact that you are willing to be an extra mile performer by asking them, you know, I'd love to look into it. What about it do you find challenging? And really actually after that, in the weeks following it, 
following through, you know, just actually looking into it even just a little and bouncing off an email to them and say, hey, you know what? I've actually found this and this, you know, this one, two, three point. Um, have you discovered this as well? I have some ideas about how to, um, you know, how to essentially address these issues. Let's chat some more. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, I mean, that's essentially if you do that and you approach every single conversation with confidence that, you know, you can present it in that way, nothing will, you know, nothing will come in your way, not even your fear, not even self doubt. Right. Every single one of us, we've always gone on interviews, on, um, you know, podcasts, right? Blogs, whatever, speaking gigs. And sometimes you have, a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes, you know, depending on yourself and personality, obviously, you have those moments of doubt. And you, and unfortunately, too often, people go completely frozen, right? Mm-hmm. They say, I don't know, their eyes start to flicker, and then the interviewer just lost it, you know, they just couldn't, they couldn't tie it back into a meaningful conversation. So, if you practice answers in, in such a way that, or statements and your message in such a way that, you know, you're, you're authentic about your strength and you're honest about your weaknesses, you'll be the, you'll be the top performer any day. You know, that's a great tip. And that's funny you say that because what you said is something that I would do. Um, you and I have talked and with me being an officer in, in the military, in the Navy, that's one of the things that we're taught is, you know, just for example, if, if an admiral came up to me and asked me something, I wouldn't just go, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, whether it was my area of expertise or not, I would say, hmm, sir, you know what? I, I, I don't know the answer to that right now, but I'm going to go ahead and look into that and I'm going to get back to you. And I would go and do that. You know, I wouldn't just stand there and exactly. say, well, I don't know. That's not what I do. You know, <laughs> and it's funny because you're right. Um, and we've seen those interviews and, and other things where either on TV or we've been actually in an interview where the person's mouth goes dry and they sit mm-hmm. there and it's like the deer in the headlights. And you're like, OK, are they going to pass out? Did, did they understand the question? What's happening here? And Exactly. What you said is if the way you can frame what you're saying. So in in essence, you're saying, you know what, I don't have that answer for you right now, but exactly, I am capable of getting that answer for you. And then that keeps it going, because even if nothing else, you're letting them see that, OK, I can go find that answer. I'm willing to. And that keeps the ball rolling. And so, exactly. you know, instead of you just saying, you know, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, <laughs> right. And it, and to your point, exactly, Trina, is that it keeps the conversation going. The biggest one of the single biggest mistake that I've seen people who are going on interviews, people who are trying to establish business relations, uh, collaborations, is that they wait to get invited. Now, if you answer that question with an open ended question that not only makes you follow up, but also makes them want you to follow up, you're already starting the, the relationship. You already acting as if you're already starting. And that's really the secret to being a top performer in your industry, being so overly successful that you stand out because not a lot of people do this in that you know, before the interview, that's a relationship that you want to establish first. After the interview, you want to do that as well. 
And you act as if you already have the job, you know, you already have the job. So when you come into the interview, not only are they asking you all these questions, but you're asking them questions about something that you've already researched, right? Like, let's say you're interviewing for a company, or let's say that you're an entrepreneur, you want to reach out to the media and you don't wait until you sit in front of the media to then ask them questions, to then have them be engaged with you all of those weeks before you want to be sure to have them be reminded about you with valuable questions, with valuable information, even just emails that say, hey, I was looking about, I was looking on this thing that you actually covered in so-and-so episode a couple weeks ago. What do you think about it? I thought that XYZ, boom, 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 you lay it out in a bullet point, make it easy for, for them to find. And then you do the same after you meet up with them. And I guarantee you 80% of the time, you're going to stand out and you're going to get that job mm. or gig or whatever it is. And what are some other tips that y- you can share with um, the listeners? Yeah. And I mean, there's so many, right? It's just, there are so, so many. So one of the few things that I love, I love sharing with a lot of people is, um, you know, especially when they come to me with problems and they say, Talia, I have, you know, I've got so much going on. I've got social media, I've got campaigns that I got to send out, you know, and, and then I also got my family. So what gives? What do I focus on? I want my business to be successful, but how do I get there? Right? So this is kind of the catch 22, the quintessential new business question, because not only are you needing to do quite a lot, you want to achieve a lot too, but which of the specific tasks will end up with the biggest win, right? Now, you know, unfortunately here, because there's there's so many different industries. I don't know if you have, do your audience have like a specific, you know, category as far as industry is concerned or do they all come from business? Are they all mostly, what are, what's the most of your listeners? They come from all over. So I have entrepreneurs, I have actual people who are business owners and leaders. So it's the whole gamut. Gotcha. Okay. So, okay. So in that, in that case, I would kind of keep it macro right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's what I would say to that is essentially, if they're already running a business, they would have at least some sense of what's really working and what's kind of working and what's really not working. Now, the biggest mistake that a lot of business owners do is they essentially focus all of their effort in improving what's not working, right? They mm-hmm. want it. Like, let's just say that, their, you know, company morale, for instance, is, is, you know, in the gutters, but they do such a good job in, I don't know, project management, right? Um, and so sometimes the CEOs and the leaders of that company would then go, okay, you know what, we need to really in the next few months and year, we need to really focus on that thing that is not working and see how we can make it better. Now, what is actually surprising from what I've observed in multiple different industries is that a lot of the successful businesses, whether you're just on your own, a solopreneur, or you have a team, a lot of the successful ones are actually really, really fiercely loyal to things that they are good at, Mm -hmm. things that their audience, their customers love about them. You know, um, 
I mean, you've heard this all the time. If, even if you think about restaurants, for example, you can essentially, you know, come up with restaurants off the top of your head that you go, you know what, that, that restaurant, the customer service sucks. Mm-hmm. This other restaurant, though, the customer service is great. And what you would begin to notice if you pay attention is that the ones that are really successful in a specific area tend to take that success and that skill set that are successful to another level. So they just keep growing the areas that they're good at because they realize that their weak points, while they want to continue to improve it, while they want to continue to better it, it might never be their strength, mm. right? It might never be your strength. So what do you do to stand out? The definition of standing out against your competition is by is having one particular thing that your customers can remember you about, mm-hmm. right? One or two tops three likely, you know, you're not going to have 10 things that your customers is going to remember you about, right? Mm-hmm. So even just, I mean, we, you and I were talking about cars. I don't know why, because I'm not even a car person. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, let's just say that, you know, we're just look at the car market, right? So what's the first thing that you think about when you're talking about Volvo, for instance? Um, reliability. Exactly. What's the first thing that you think about when you're, you know, when you're thinking about BMW? Um, s- style, trend. Style, German engineering, mm-hmm. right? So notice that our answers really just come in the form of one specific strength, right? Mm-hmm. One thing that stands out. We don't then go... Um, well, you know, Volvo is actually also has really great paint jobs and that they, you know, we don't really, right? But they, they, they continue to do it. Obviously, they do all of those things. They keep try, wanting to try to improve, but they leverage, they escalate, they expand upon things that really stand out. So my advocacy for entrepreneurs who are just starting out, be brutally honest about your strengths and skill set and what you might not be so strong in and decide whether you, that's going to be your focus, right? Um, because it takes so many more hours to become good at something that you're not, but it takes such, I mean, it takes only marginal amount of time to improve something that you're already good at. Mm. You know, I love what you're saying. And it's funny because I do personal development coaching, and but I, I listen to and I study other people, especially, um, you know, uh, very successful people. So let's just take um, Damon John, who started FUBU. Mm-hmm. So loved it. Yeah. So you, you know, I listen to him. You know, I love him on Shark Tank, and you know, I see him on social media. And it's funny because he did an interview recently, and I don't remember who it was with. But anyway, he was saying how I think he was dyslexic and this, that, and the other. And they were saying, well, how did you build such a, you know, a empire? And he was like, I knew what I was good at. I was good at doing this. And I wasn't good at doing this. He says, so I had a friend who knew how to do that. So that's what that friend took care of. And I think entrepreneurs, I think that's so critical because I think we want to do it all. Right. And no one is good at doing everything. I mean, you're you're just not. And just, you know, going to what you were saying is you're going to play up your strengths you're going to know what you're good at. You're going to do it and you're going to do it well. And, exactly. and it's not that you're trying to ignore or that you don't care about the things that you may be weaker in, but that's not what you're going to, that's not what you're going to be known for. 
So for instance, it's funny when I'm always thinking about food, but when you said (laughs) um, (laughs) restaurant, um, I was thinking about a favorite restaurant of mine um, called Houston's. And I I came to know them when I was living in, in Phoenix, but they have locations in several places, you know, Atlanta and whatever. But it's funny because I've been to the one in Scottsdale and then I went to the one in Atlanta and they're they're kind of on the pricey side, but it's funny because the food tastes the same, which is great, but their service is always impeccable. So it's like, you know, you ask for a glass of water and you're drinking your glass of water. And by the time you sit it down and need refilling, somebody has come by giving you a new glass and went off with your empty one. Right. I love it. So I love that. And no matter how much they cost, I will always go there and eat. You know, that would be a special time for me, but that's because I know what I'm going to get as far as the food. I know what I'm going to get as far as the service. So I don't mind paying that cost. Right. And it's actually, I think, again, to your point, it's really because we're all given a finite amount of time, mm-hmm. right? And and there's just absolutely no way, if you do really do the math, for you to be good in every single aspect of your business. It, you just can't. I mean, that's probably not a business that's a self-employment and maybe not that effective or efficient of a self-employment, you know, because you're, you're trying to be everything. You're not really anything, you know, people will only be able to remember you because of one or two or three things tops. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So you're just, it's just a matter of if you want to stand out, you do have to pick what aspects of you that you're willing to really put out there for people to remember. And, and this applies as well, actually, on a smaller scale. You know, like, I mean, if you even think about a lot of entrepreneurs right now, they want to be everywhere as far as medium is concerned. And there are apps and softwares that help you do that, repurpose and all that. But in reality, the question that we should be asking is not, how can I be everywhere? The question should be, where can I be that that beams the fullest version of me that is the most effective. You know, it's not really, and it will be different for every, you know, every industry and definitely every entrepreneur, just because let's say someone is better on camera and they can get the, that point and their message across better on camera, then they should be on YouTube, right? If they're a prolific writer, definitely blogging, mm-hmm. right? Maybe be a contributor in all of these different media, you know, media platforms and such. So everybody has, and every now and then you do have people who are annoyingly good at everything, (laughs) but that doesn't mean it has to be you, right? right? We have to be kind to ourselves, especially because we, there's a a limited and very finite amount of view left, Um, you know, and you have to be able to leverage the ones that will go the furthest. Mm, I love that. And I love the, the part where you say, be kind to yourself, because I think ultimately with trying to be everywhere and do everything, you're driving yourself crazy. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, um, find out what you're good at, what you're really good at and do that and just focus on that. Focus on being good at that and, and becoming better at it. And the things that you're not find somebody who can help you with that, but don't try to be crazy. Cause like you said, there are some, few people on earth that can do everything and make it look, you know, flawless. Um, I'm not one of those people, but (laughs) um, (laughs) there are some people like that. But again, that's something where you don't want to compare yourself 
to someone else because honestly, they may look that way, but maybe they're not. Maybe they have somebody behind the scenes that are helping them, or maybe they are just as burned out and crazy as you are, but they're taking a step further to keep up this this look like they have it all together. So I think that's very important um, what you're saying for entrepreneurs. Um, yeah, and I think what what's interesting that you touched you just touched upon is the path to you know, the, your journey and your path as an entrepreneur, there are multiple different paths to get somewhere, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can even just coming from where you are to go to dinner, you know, you can walk, you can take a cab, you can fly, you know, you can, uh, you can do a bunch of different things. And the same is true for business as well. But, you know, as far as maximizing and optimizing where you want to go, you have to think about what would be the shortest distance and the most um, walkable path for you between two points, which for a lot of people is a straight line. And that's why you want to find mediums where you can be as effective as possible um, as yourself. And sometimes it takes the difficulty that I've seen with a lot of entrepreneurs is that they think that they're good at X, Y, Z, and then their friends and their family says, no, you're actually really good at this other thing. And they completely miss that point, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, how often have your, you know, your family members, your mom, your sisters, whoever, even your close friends say, you know what, you're a really good speaker, Trina, or whatever it is, right? And, and then maybe at that point, you haven't realized it. And you were thinking, well, I want to be a writer, which is all, again, they all could be interconnected. But at that particular time, which path do you want to focus on? Um, and again, it could be one, two, three things, but unlikely to be 12, 13, 14 things, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, so I think that's, those are some of the strategies that people need to be cognizant about, especially because you're, if anyone's just starting out, the only thing that you have is basically your time and your name. That's it, right? You, your time is the only asset that you actually do not have. Mm. And you're given that time. You don't own it. The time just moves on, right? It just moves on with or without you. So then what do you do with it? So that's the difficult question that people have to answer in each, um, in each particular area that they're trying to grow. Right. So, you know, so, and I think specifically as far as practical, you know, strategies, I always say when you're trying to communicate your message and be heard, let's say that you're a public speaker and you want to reach out to a certain venue, right? You want to be a public speaker at XYZ conference and, uh, and you're good at, let's say, you know, whatever, you're, you're good at coaching, whatever, men with XYZ things, you know, whatever it is. So, and then you want to make a pitch to the media, and then, then you're kind of sitting there, you go, okay, well, what do I say? Do I just kind of go through my resume? Do I, you know, do I tell them what I'm going to be working on in the next couple of years? Like what? And think about how many seconds each of the person on the other side of that email or phone call or post has to read your your things, your message, usually less than a minute, right? Mm -hmm. They would have seconds literally to open it up and look at it and decide whether they want to move on with the next thing or keep reading um, or keep listening, whatever it is. 
And so you want to be absolutely clear within the first few seconds, definitely within the first 20, 30 seconds on what you're trying to convey. And most people care to read about things that they care about, right? So if you're pitching, um, let's just say you're, one of your audience want to be featured in, you know, XYZ local magazine or something, mm-hmm. um, and they want to reach out to a journalist, let's say. And, and you're kind of thinking of stories or things to mention so that they can feature you without ad, without paying ads, right? So what do you do? So then the question that you really need to answer is, what are some pain points that that person, that company, and that platform are dealing with right now that I can solve with my skill set? So you want to hit it where it hurts, right? right? So the person who is opening that email, let's just say that they are a big news company, right? Like that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And they have, they're inundated with, I don't know, pitches, stories that they can't really sort through. And let's say that you're actually a scheduling expert, right? So immediately, the first few sentences that you want to blurt out is not your resume, is not you, I'm, you know, XYZ from XYZ company, not at all. They don't care about any of that. What they care about is, will this email solve my problem? Mm. That's it. So within a couple of sentences, you have to be able to convey that with confidence, with at the same time, respect and humility, but also highlighting and showcasing your skill set. So you want to be absolutely concise about your messaging. Mm. That's Oh, that's so good because you're right. You know, when you, everyone has just a, you know, a finite amount of time and nobody wants to, you know, read your whole, you know, <laughs> two page bio. Nobody has time. <laughs> nobody has time. Yeah. No one has time for that. Right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, give it to me, you know, if you, you know, if you yeah. email me and you say, you know what, um, this is going to make your life better because then I'll go, Hmm. Okay. Um, and you know what's funny? I had this happen with a former guest I had on the show. She contacted me, and it, what made her stand out to me was she contacted me and she said, um, opportunity for collaboration. So I was like, oh, okay, well, let me see what this person is talking about. And she was saying, oh, well, I would like to be on your podcast, and in turn, I would like to interview you for my um my blog that I do. So I'm interested, right? That makes me go, yeah, okay, okay, great. She was a great interview. She did a great piece on me, interviewing me for her um, her audience. So, but the point is she, she didn't say, well, hey, I'm so fabulous. I'm so great. I want to be on your podcast. She was like, hey, here's an opportunity for us to help each other. Exactly. And it's the old win-win. It has to make sense for both of them both parties to keep going because again we're fighting for each other's time you're fighting for your own time mm-hmm. and if you have to compare between two things that give you more wins than something that kind of gives you win then you'll pick the one with more wins mm-hmm. right so i mean it's just as simple as that and going back to your restaurant analogy when we look at restaurants and if all things considered are equal let's say one of them one of them is faster or, or cheaper, whatever it is, you'll go to that other Mm -hmm. one, right? That all things being equal. So you always want to think about 
the noise that's out there and how you can cut through the noise with such piercing clarity and confidence and you're off to the races, you know? Wow. That's, that's great information. Great tips. We're going to segue and we're going to go into our question portion of the show. Are you ready? I'm ready, Trina. Bring it on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ready, but we'll see. (laughs) Okay. Question one, who or what motivates you? Mm, two-part question. I actually am a huge fan of Simon Sinek. And a lot of people in the personal development field know Simon for his message on starting with why. Mm -hmm. And the reason why that his message resonates with me, and for those of you guys who are not familiar with Simon's message, he's basically saying in everything that you do, Focus on why you're doing it and answer those questions first before you figure out the how, the what, the who, and the whens. And the reason why that really motivates me is because I've been, again, I've worked with multiple different industries, been in several different shoes. And so far, that is really the message that really resonates with me because it just, there's an underlying basis that while it might evolve, it doesn't really change. doesn't matter what you're doing, what kind of line of work. If you're clear about what, why you're doing what you're doing, it doesn't matter whether you change jobs, you're still maybe, let's say, you're doing it for your family or you're doing it because you believe that other people like me, um, I believe that other people, people deserve to live the life that they deserve. And my goal is essentially to make sure that I put out as much information out there to help anyone reach their life that they deserve. Mm -hmm. What demotivates you? Ooh, huh. There's a few. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Externally, what demotivates me is probably indecision from other uh, people, people that I like to work with. Um, What demotivates me is probably if I work with people, again, collaborators who are no longer sharing the same vision and sharing the same goal, right? Or even sharing the same means to that goal, that really demotivates me. And that actually, if you think about a lot of people who switch jobs, that's really essentially why they quit, right? Is because it just doesn't ring true for them anymore. It doesn't make sense for them anymore. Money aside, you know, schedule aside, convenience aside, everything aside, a lot of times it just, it it no longer clicks with where you want to go. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you, but it worked for your good? Ooh, this is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) This actually happened. Well, there are two things that I I thought about, but I'll talk about just the one that happened fairly recently. I was just actually, uh, I guess it's not really stabbed in the back, but a business partner had said that they were going to do something. And I just discovered a couple of weeks ago that they chose not to. Um, And in doing so, it really puts me at a, not just a disadvantage, but in a pickle. And so that actually was one of the more, it kind of pinched me moment where I realized, huh, okay, what do I do next? I think everybody is given a choice, whatever their condition is, whether it's 
good condition or bad condition, somebody who is untruthful for you, stabs you in the back, you have a choice to either be, you know, essentially mourning about it and, and just be negative about it, or you can um, look at it in a positive way and learn from your failures. For that particular moment, I learned uh, and figure out where I went wrong. Not that I actually went wrong. There's just a couple of moments where I could have um, done a couple of things that would prevent them actually from doing what they would probably regret in a few years time. Mm. What is your fear? Hmm. Uh, I would say complacency. And I, I'm not much for being bored. I really, <laughs> I think since I was maybe eight and to the detriment of my mother who, who always finds her house being you know, turned upside down, I love solving people's problems. And I just dislike, dislike is probably the best word for it. I just dislike A, boredom and B, being complacent and being um, comfortable with what I have and am doing. And from what I see, actually, the more you know about something, actually, the more you realize that you don't. So that is actually a huge motivator to me. And just that knowledge is probably... Um, hopefully not going to, uh, will keep me from being complacent. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? Hmm. There's, there's a couple. I think for pragmatic reasons, I would probably... I would probably just use this example where a lot of times, and I think it is a function of being around so much technology, and I see this with a lot of people as well, we tend to use the means of communication that is most convenient. And there are multiple times in not just my business when I see other, you know, helping other people with their businesses, multiple times when I see that they could have done, they could have communicated that message maybe in person, maybe over the phone, maybe in a more direct way. Let's just say it's bad news. But they chose something more convenient, like send a long email that obviously sits you know, less comfortably with the person who, who's in the recipient um, end of that email. So I think that is probably, that would be my most frequently, um, that, the most frequent thing that comes up that I should have done X and I didn't. Okay. So here's the opposite. Is there a time when you wish you had not done something? Hmm. Yes, actually. There's, it's probably on a daily basis. I constantly look at this. I, oh, I, I learned this probably from being, getting older and having kids now and having so much to do. I learned that just because I can do something, it doesn't mean that I should. And just because you can doesn't mean that you should. You're, you might be skillful in all these things, and this ties back into the things that you and I have talked about, Trina. It really doesn't mean that you should be doing all the things that you physically can do. There are certain things that you can do that would be a much better use of your time. Um, and if you say no to those and saying yes to the little things that could have you know, been delegated or otherwise... Um, you're just saying no to that important thing that you should be doing. Mm. 
What is your definition of success? Hmm. So I think this is a really tricky question. I don't think, and most people would answer, well, I want to have, you know, I want to be my own boss. I want my own freedom. I don't want any schedule. I want a million dollars, you know, what have you. I don't know if success is necessarily a state of being. To me, it's success is a feeling and it is your understanding of what success is that makes and define that success. Like you can think that you are being successful because you're moving one inch every day, right? You're moving towards your goal. Um, and it's not, for me, the success is in the work and not in the end, end game. Because the end game, you can't control it. You know, you might die before you reach the end game. You might, something happens, the industry blows up. I mean, that's true for real estate, right? Mm -hmm. In 2008, um, but if you look at every single day and you think about what you can and cannot do and you're, and you're reaching towards what you are aiming for, to me, that's a success. Mm. How do you recharge? Hmm. Recharging. I mean, funnily enough, I read a ton of personal development books mm. and I read them into just last night, I actually went to bed at midnight because I was tied in with this book that I was reading. Um, but uh, that's that would be my recharge. I would uh, you know, occasionally fit in a 20, 30 minutes of late night show, Jimmy Fallon, James Corden, which is just really light and, and easy. And that's uh, between the two, it puts me to bed. <laughs> what are you awesome at? Ooh. That's that's a trick question. Um, you know what? I I think I'm awesome. I, <laughs> this sounds so weird coming out. I can't say I'm awesome at X Y Z. Um, I think I'm, I've gotten to learn. Let's just go with that. I've gotten to learn how to manage the noise a little bit better and control my inner psychology, which is so difficult and sometimes still is difficult to do when you're so passionate about certain things. And the fact that I'm now a little bit more able to differentiate and compartmentalize and put away things that, okay, this doesn't matter. Um, this particular thing is where my eyes need to be and move on. That to me is, I'm fairly proud of being able to do that and hopefully continue to learn how to be better at that. What legacy do you want to leave? Mm. I think going back to my why, I want to leave a legacy where a lot of people and the majority of people actually know that just because they have obstacles standing in their way, it doesn't mean that they can't continue to go to the life and get the life that they deserve. And I think give the biggest difference, and you probably heard this as well, the biggest difference between somebody who is successful and somebody who isn't is the person who isn't quits, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I would want to, I would love to see if every other person that I know, know that it's not because they can't, it's just because they choose to quit or not is basically the underlying question. So that's the legacy that I want to, I want to leave is for people to keep going. Mm -hmm. Give the listeners one motivational takeaway. 
Mm. Well, there's so many. Um, I have to pick one. It's like picking my from the kids that I love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny. Um, so let's see. Which one do I pick? I love a few a few motivational quotes, but I think my favorite one is Henry Ford's, which a lot of people are familiar with. Um, Henry Ford, obviously founder of Ford Motors. He mentioned that if, whether you can or you can't, you're right. And I think that really hits home as far as everything that you do, you know, everything that you think you can't do, it's all in your mind. Like, so if you just kind of say, you know what, I'm just going to start with these little things. I'm just going to dissect it into these little tasks that I can achieve. I know that I'll eventually get there. Um, and you know, Henry Ford, when he was just starting out and he was building his empire, people didn't know what he was doing. And he says that when he asked people, if he asked people what they want, they will say they want, you know, they want uh, horses on wheels or something like that. Um, but Henry Ford decided to do otherwise. He decided to go ahead and pick something, um, and go ahead and just charge with something that he believes in because he knows that he can. And, um, and he proved everybody right because he just believes in himself. Mm. Where can the listeners connect with you? So everybody who's tuning in, they can go to my website that's under redevelopment right now. And it's www.taliatohagroup.com. So Talia, it's, it's T as in Tom, H-A-L-I-A. Toha, T-O-H-A, group.com. Um, the site will go up, I want to say, in a few weeks or so. And maybe by the time the podcast launches, it might already be up, actually. And, um, and look for me on the new podcast. And that's also under redevelopment. All the info should be on the website. Great, Talia. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and being on Trina Talk. Thank you so much, Trina. I appreciate it. If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.